Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for immature adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. face first into an automatic door that didn't open and I felt like the dumbest person alive and like I was invisible for a split second and then I was like wait no that's impossible you walked into a door you're not invisible at all just because you're invisible doesn't mean that the laws of physics don't still apply you can see me yeah fuck how did you walk into a door okay well were you not paying attention um yes and no i did know the door was automatic mm-hmm. but was not paying attention i was looking at my phone not like some jackass does well i walked face first to a door yeah so like some jackass does. i use it to record work see look see look see time i got there and how many cases i put up i i put, I put it all down there and then i transferred to a timesheet which i'm going to do right now i gotta do a new one i already fucked this one up and um us not doing timesheet while we're doing the podcast. I can multitask. But yeah, so I was down I was looking down typing and I knew where the door was. It was at Target, actually. Did you know? Uh I hit the target. Hey. And uh yeah, I had a headache the whole day. So that's my life. Oh, and today I got a hell yeah from somebody. I was at one of the Walmarts. I forget which city. <laughs> They're all starting to look the same. They blend together. And for some reason, I know nothing about Pearl Jam at all, except that every song they'll scream out the band name. You have to listen for it. What? Yeah, every song they'll go Pearl Jam. It's in no, the background. they don't. If no. you play, if you play it backwards. Mm-mm. So I only know this one part of this one song, and I'm putting stuff up. I'm, I'm putting up what, like Jeremy. No, no, I'm putting up a thirty pack, and I'm like, don't call me daughter. So you know two songs. That's all I know. And I went, nur, nur, nur. <laughs> and I heard some guy behind me who's like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I turned around, shot on the double guns. I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> Little does he know, that's the, all I know of that song. No, you know Jeremy pretty well, as we've learned from this podcast. Ooh, 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 Jeremy, Jeremy. His name His- was... Jeremy! Which isn't how the song goes at all. Mrs. Pearl Jam. You should go back and listen to it. I grew up listening to it. I I just played it on the Google Home the other night. You you learned that shit from me. You learned it from watching me. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, I bashed my brains in. Good for you. I don't see how, but I guess good for me. Yeah. Maybe you should pay attention to where yeah. you're walking. I don't want. I don't want to fight anymore. <laughs> We're gonna be friends. Yeah, let's be friends. Oh, uh, friends. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was, but okay. It hurts to lift my arm. I know. Billy's hurting. He hurt his shoulder. I did something Ooh. to it. I feel like I got shot. Well, I wouldn't know, but if you had to guess, that's how it feels. It just hurts so bad. It hurts yeah. so bad. I think I pinched a nerve. Yeah. He's got a messed up rotator cuff on that side anyway, so... It's all fucked up. Yeah. We're old. Yeah. We've come to this conclusion. We're we're just fucking old. Drink, drink the pain away. <laughs> drink the pain away. <laughs> okay, peaches. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys. Welcome to another episode of Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. My name's Erica, and I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Billy. Hi. Hi. My fucking shoulder. <laughs> he has uh, pre-medicated to try and make it through this episode with some ibuprofen. Yeah. A very large amount. Yeah, I don't encourage popping other pills and drinking. I, no, but it's <laughs> ibuprofen. Yeah. yeah. He only took three. I told him to take four. Yes, bad Erica. Sorry. 800 milligrams is not going to kill you as long as you're not taking it more than like two or three times a day. Yeah, I know. You'll be all right. I know. I do it all the time. 
That's how I get through life. Because <laughs> no doctors ever believe me when I say I'm hurting. But anyway, I digress. That's a different story for a different day. <laughs> All right. So this week we're going to cover something that unfortunately happens way too often here in the U.S. Mass shootings. Specifically one that took place on a university campus in 2010. Some people may remember this because it wasn't a student that went on a shooting rampage. It was a professor. It left three people dead and another three seriously wounded. I don't remember this. Was I in the country? 2010? Yeah. Oh. You got out in like 2008. Oh, I did. So yeah, you were here. I don't remember this. But, I mean, yeah. I didn't pay attention walking into a fucking door. Unless you ask me paying attention to the fucking news. Right? True. And I remember just like bits and pieces about this. Um, but not like the full story. Now see college, I think Virginia Tech. I know that one mm-hmm. for sure. I think everyone knows that one because it but, was such a high count of bodies at the end of it. But as far as college goes, that's really the end of my knowledge. Let's go back to February 12th, 2010, just over 10 years ago. This was at the University of Alabama in Huntsville or UA Huntsville for short. The biology department was having a routine meeting that afternoon, which consisted of about a dozen staff members made up of biology professors, staff assistants, and the chairman of the biology department. And just before 4 p.m., about 40 minutes into the meeting, biology professor Dr. Amy Bishop, yes, it's a lady, stood up without warning, holding a 9mm handgun, and began shooting. Now, we'll come back to the shooting in a little bit, but right now we're going to take a look into who Bishop was. Amy Bishop was born on April 24th, 1965, and was raised in Massachusetts. Uh, So she's a, I don't know what the astrology sign is for that. (laughs) Some people know that. (laughs) Yeah, some. Like, oh, you're a Virgo. Not me. Like, wow. I don't know that. So yeah, she was raised in Massachusetts. And she completed her undergraduate degree in 1988 at Northeastern University in Boston, which happened to be where her father was a professor in the art department. She went on to get her Ph.D. in genetics from Harvard University. Her thesis at Harvard in 1993 was titled The Role of Methoxatin PQQ in the Respiratory Burst of Phagocytes, whatever that is. And stuff. Things with cells and phagocytes, and that's all I know. That's all I know. (laughs) It was 137 pages long. Her thesis was 137 pages. What's an average? What's an average thesis? I have no fucking clue, but not that much would be my guess. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, I remember our high school term papers we had to do were like 10 pages. Mine were like... Double space, use as many words as I can, if, ands, and therefore I conclude the such as following to be factual or not. I would say shit like that just to get the words in. Try not to pull papers out while you're saying stuff. All right. <laughs> Let me just get this in there. I fucked up twice already. Maybe I'll just do it later. I can multitask. I can multitask. I can multitask. <laughs> I'm not doing good. I'm having a hard go at it today. Bad track record. Fuck, man. (laughs) I can't be doing this. I can't be tossing around ink like this. Yeah, all I know is that it was too fucking long for me to fucking read, and I don't know what it's about, and it seems pretty boring. That's about it. What? Her 137 pages. Dude, yeah, I I would be done by, like, page four. I'm so I would just give it an A. I just can't. I can't even. I had to whittle my college term paper down because it was supposed to be 10 pages and I had like 14. I had to trim shit out because that would have been too much. I can't believe they graded your rough draft. And then I got a minus five for my rough draft. And then the bitch had the audacity to come to me getting a 295 out of 300 based on my rough draft. Say, can I make copies of this so I can have future classes read it? No, you fucking can't, Uh, bitch. No, ma'am. Apparently, it's not fucking good enough. Evidently, a rough draft isn't good enough. You know, the one I'm going to improve on the next time? That's like, that's like, 
in art they're like do a rough sketch of this you know and, and somebody comes up teacher comes up with a red marker puts a big x on it like no stupid you're like no what the fuck is what, yeah. what's the point of this i uh, still harbor hatred in my heart i could tell for her i could tell all right and i still have that paper it's my <clears> pride and joy you, did you tell her no yeah i was like uh no nice she's like oh okay yeah that's what you get i bet she thought that you would think it was like an honor <laughs> like, oh, mine really give me a 300 out of 300 then yeah we'll talk yeah yeah make, make <laughs> you a deal you make it 300 i'll hand it over how about that yeah if she had taken five points off anything else i would have been like okay but the rough fucking draft i wonder she graded on the wow factor i wonder wow factor on a fucking rough draft I wonder if she did that because it was a perfect grade and she just couldn't bring herself yeah, to give a perfect she couldn't. grade. And that's what pissed me off. It's like, sometimes people are as good as you, mm-hmm. so quit fucking treating people like shit. I gotta take five off because you folded the paper vertically and not horizontally. You know. Uh, it was uh, it was tablet paper that was torn off so it didn't have the three holes that needs to go in a binder. That's five points. Sorry. She can suck my dick and I don't even have one. Damn. Yep. All right. All right. So back to Amy Bishop. She completed her undergraduate degree, like I said, with 137 pages long fucking thesis at Harvard. Book. Book. Basically. And want to know what some of her research interests were? What's that? The induction of adaptive resistance nitric oxide in the central nervous system and utilization of motor neurons for the development of neural circuits grown on biological computer chips. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Sounds like a real firecracker, this one. She's just, wow, tons of fun. The title of that would take up the first page. Yeah. She went on to publish at least four scientific articles as a lead or co-author over the next four years. A man named James Anderson graduated from Northeastern University in 1988 with a degree in biology as well, and the two were married while Amy worked on her doctorate. I have a feeling that being a house guest of theirs would be probably the most horrible time on the face of the earth ever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they ended up having four children, and the two of them competed in a technology competition and developed a quote-unquote portable cell incubator and they had like, four, four boring ass again whatever that is four boring ass nerd children <laughs> they came in third and won twenty five thousand dollars needless to say these were some incredibly smart people which makes her pulling out a gun and shooting people and leaving witnesses all the more ironic i mean if she wanted to kill her co-workers i'm sure she could have come up with some kind of poison or untraceable toxin or something mm-hmm. and not been caught but i digress amy was initially an instructor of medicine at harvard medical school but the family moved to alabama and she joined the faculty of the department of biological sciences at ua huntsville in 2003 as an assistant professor and at the time of the shootings in 2010 she was teaching five courses there Sounds wonderful. She's smart, successful, has a family. But there were some strange things about Amy. According to a fellow member of a writing group in Massachusetts that she was in, Amy was abrasive with other members and acted as if she was, quote, entitled to praise, end quote. You need to praise me because I'm better than you. Yeah. (laughs) Why aren't you thanking me for showing up? Yeah. She was a second cousin to novelist John Irving, and members said that she, quote, would frequently cite her Harvard degree and family ties to Irving to boost her credential as a serious writer, end quote. Another member said that Amy had written three unpublished novels, one of which was about a female scientist working to defeat a potential pandemic virus, but also struggling with suicidal thoughts at the possibility of not earning tenure. Sounds intriguing until you throw that last part about suicide if tenure cannot be reached in there. Okay, that one was a hard one to make out, to be honest with you. Was the character in the book suicide without making tenure? Yes. Or was she... Exactly. Got it. Okay. Sounds a little autobiographical. Sounds a little on the fucking nose. At UA, her oddness continued and seemed to worsen. It reminds me of urinary analysis right here at UA. 
Oh, yeah. When I was in the <laughs> Army, it's always... Yeah, you have to UA. Get, yeah, you always knew, too, because PT formation is always at, like, 5 and 6 in the morning, you know, and they're like, all right, PT is going to be at 4. And you're like, okay, I know what's fucking... I know what's happening. <laughs> and every time it happens, it's like, all right, we're having, a U, we're having a UA today. And I'm like, fuck, I just pissed. Yeah. I just pissed. Your analysis. Damn it. That's what it's called in the medical field. So multiple colleagues expressed concern over her behavior, describing how she would interrupt meetings with, quote, bizarre tangents, left field kind of stuff, end quote. She was described as, quote, unquote, strange, quote, unquote, crazy, and that she, quote-unquote, did things that weren't normal. Some even said that she was, quote, out of touch with reality, end quote. Yeah, but, like, they'll have, like, a meeting, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, with um, scholarships this year, we're budgeted, and it's capped at such and such. She's like, I buried my cat yesterday. And they're like, Amy, again with this? It's your third cat. <laughs> What's happening to your cats? Do you need to talk to someone? I'm starting to think you're doing this. Yeah, why did no one say something like, hey, maybe you should talk to someone? But then again, there's a guard that works at the prison. that like, she'll say something to you, and then she'll whisper something over her ear and talk to someone who isn't there. Mm. It's a little scary. Did I tell you about the guy I knew that would say something to you directly to your face and then walk away looking at you? No. Yeah. He'll be like, what would you do if I told you I could sell you your car for $500 less than what you paid for it? And then just look at you and like back up. Like, like it was something dramatic, like, it was dr- like it was such a big thing. And I'd be like, I'd, I'd be, I'd be, where are you going? Hey. Hey. <laughs> Over here. Here, boy. Here, boy. He'd do this shit all the time. he just walk out? he just walk away. Like. I kind of, he never did it, like in a break room or anything like that, but I kind of thought it would be funny if he did that and then closed the door and he's still staring at me through the glass. <laughs> like, I really thought that'd be great, but he never did that. <laughs> but he would do it from a sitting down position. Where was this at? It was at, um, I think it was at Midwest Metals. Long time ago. Long, long wow. time ago. And, you know, like, it was back when I fa- first found out how to burn CDs. You know, and, he, and I was listening to the CD and he was like, what would you do if I told you I have the complete box set and they're just backed up? And I'd be like, I fucking shit my pants, Jeff. I'd shit my fucking pants. Is that what you want to hear? You want know to shit? And I was like, what would you do? I told you. I gave a shit. And then just back up and just fucking look at it. Well, several students complained to administration on three separate occasions in 2009 that she was, quote, ineffective in the classroom and had odd, unsettling ways, end quote. They said she would snap and react to things way out of proportion to the actual situation she was reacting to. You know, you popped in my head when she was acting weird and everything. I got the, in Joker, which is a great movie it is if you haven't seen it and don't worry i'm not spoiling anything because this is like in the first five minutes but like acting weird in the classroom it, I, it just for some reason i cut the walking things bashing his head against the fucking wall mm-hmm. against the door you know yeah uh, like, yep that's strange yeah uh-huh. uh-huh. keep an eye yeah. out for that well a petition signed by quote-unquote dozens of students was sent out to the department head but it didn't seem to go anywhere in the classroom at least In March of 2009, Amy was denied tenure and was not going to have her teaching contract renewed after March of 2010. I did research. I know why. I did Billy Pennant research. What she would do is she would go to every classroom before classes started and she'd get the erasers for the blackboards. And while students were working, she would take the erasers and bang them together. Every single one of them. And then she put, she didn't put them in the trash. She opened up the window and just dropped them out. And then she made chalk angels. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think that happened. Where'd you get this research from? So Billy? fine. I'm a fucking Where, liar. Where'd you I'm find it? I'm a liar. It? Can you cite your sources? Yeah. It's going to be not in the f- footnotes of this episode because <laughs> you know what? I don't think I should have to fucking prove myself. Kind of fucked up you'd ask your husband that. It's hmm. kind of fucked up. Yeah. Why can't you just believe me? Why can't you just believe me? <laughs> Okay, yeah, guys, she made chalk angels, I guess. 
She taught this me. This was information I didn't come across. She taught me that if you have a cat, you sit it down on the bed and then turn off all the lights and then run a comb through it and then you'll see sparks. Which does happen. It will do that. But still. Okay. That was odd. A lot of listeners are going to try that tonight. It works. <laughs> it's because of the static electricity and the plastic <laughs> on your comb. Okay. My so, hack. Yeah, so Amy was not going to have her teaching contract renewed after March of 2010, which is just weeks after the shooting would take place. It's just like my book. After learning that a colleague had called her quote-unquote crazy. That's not a quote-unquote. That's a real thing. That's what he said. She appealed and filed a complaint with the EEOC, or Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. See, that's one of those things where it's like, where I, you know where I joke around? I'm like, I swear I'll burn this motherfucker to the ground. So it seems like, if you renew, she's going to burn this motherfucker to the She's crazy. <laughs> but she alleged gender discrimination and cited his remark. So I don't know how she gets gender discrimination from the word crazy. Guys, guys are perfectly capable of being crazy. The response stated, quote, The professor was given the opportunity to back off of the claim or to say it was a flippant remark, but he didn't. Quote, I said she was crazy multiple times, and I stand by that, the professor said. <laughs> this woman has a pattern of erratic behavior. She did things that weren't normal. She was out of touch with reality, end quote. So I like this guy. <laughs> Oh my god, this is totally off subject, but the long-time listeners, our real snuggle bunnies, would know this. I was. It could, it could be new listeners that have gone and binge. Sure. Well, they're snuggle bunnies, too. Yes. I love them. We love you guys. I was watching, like, one of those YouTube top ten, but this is way off topic, but on topic for the show. That's what we do. And, um, this is our thing. And, um, I saw Joe Nickel. Really? Yeah, I saw him. I felt like, I was like, I feel like I know you. <laughs> I believe that's our $5 tier. It's either three or five. The Joe Nickel Balls Deep yeah. tier. And it was Patreon. it was like one of those, oh God, one of those like top 10 most haunted cities or whatever. One of those things mm-hmm. where, and a guy was talking, I was like, and, and we have some naysayers. And then you have Joe Nickel sitting there. It, the narrator was talking over him saying, you know, this man disagrees with us. Such, 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 such. I'm like, Joe Nickel. Joe oh Nickel. Oh, God. <laughs> it's been years. We want you. Now I know what you look like, Joe. To come on the show and tell us how stupid we are. If he came on the show, I'd, I'd probably treat him with the utmost respect. You know, like <laughs> If he could listen to our episodes and still take it with some lightheartedness, you're A-OK in our book. We take it with that, too. I do it. I do it with Joe all the time, though, because every time I'm like, I'm sure Joe's a fine man. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Yeah, I'm sure he is, too. Well, yeah, I saw We've him. given him a hard time, and we've named a Patreon tier after it. So. I wonder if we could get sued. I hope not. Please don't sue us, Joe Nickel. We love you. Enough about Joe Sue. Nickel. Enough about Sue. Let's talk about Amy. Yes. So, as it were... Her appeal was denied. Now, who'd she blame for that? <laughs> the guy that called her crazy. I'm saying if it's gender, gen- gender, 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 if it's gender discrimination that caused this entire thing, and they said, no, we're not going to renew it, what's she going to blame that on? Yeah, I don't understand where she even got the gender discrimination from. It's, it's he called her fucking crazy. He said, you're fucking nuts, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Simple as that. Now, this brings us to the day of the shooting. This is the meat and potatoes of the episode. February 12th, 2010. Students would later report that she seemed to be her normal, strange self earlier in the day. It's fucked up that her being strange is like, yeah, she was, it was just a yeah. normal day. Par for the course. And staff said she seemed to be her normal, strange self during the meeting right up until the shooting. She was probably like, you know, the, you know, I saw those commercials about cat litter, how you could just scoop it up, and all my cats are dead, but I pissed in a litter box, and it didn't do anything. And they're like, yep. She may have. I would believe it. Uh, yep. It's 9 o'clock. <laughs> Here she is. The meeting was in room 369 on the third floor of the Shelby Center for Science and Technology, a building that houses the biology and mathematics departments for the university. Most students were already gone for the day, and the meeting was just a routine faculty meeting. Nothing well then, special. 
uh, like I said before, I don't know much about this, but that, I mean, it's horrible that what happened, of course, but a part of me feels good that school was out. It could have been worse. You yeah. know what I mean? And even what happened could have been worse, but we'll get to that in a second. So the staff sat around an oval shaped table and discussed their topics, whatever they were covering budget or whatever. Um, and they talked for about 40 minutes with no sign of any distress or anger noted from Amy. She suddenly stood up holding a 9mm handgun and began shooting, aiming directly at the head of the person next to her and quickly moving down the line of the faculty members on her side of the table. The staff on the other side dove under the table for cover. Sure. Not that their table was really going to protect them from bullets, but okay. But I get that as a... Knee jerk, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you go for cover. You know, yeah, yeah, you go for the closest thing. Yeah, because it's one of those things like go under the table, possibility you might get a shot. Run to the door, good possibility you'll get shot. But if you make it, you'll probably be way better off than you would be under the table. But the table's right there. So, yeah, you know. Deborah Moriarty, the dean of the university's graduate program and a biochemistry professor was one of the staff members that dove for cover. She tried to grab Amy's legs to knock her down, but Amy was able to step away from her grasp. Moriarty would later testify that she was pleading with Amy, saying, Stop, Amy, stop. Don't do this. I've helped you before. I'll help you again. As Moriarty continued to try to talk sense into Amy's head, Amy lifted the gun and aimed it at Moriarty's face. She pulled the trigger, but the gun just clicked. Ooh. Moriarty would later say that Amy looked perplexed when this happened. She took this chance to lead the rest of the staff that hadn't been shot to bum-rush Amy and push her out of the room, locking the door behind her. How can she be shocked that that happened? She's so smart and deserving of praise. Mm-hmm. How, how does, you know... She's related to a novelist, and she is smart. Praise her. I feel like that could be cut up and sounds really bad against you. What? She's really smart. Praise her. Well, yeah. There you go. Like, so, somebody could just take a <laughs> cut of what you said. Probably. They could take cuts of a lot of things we've yeah. said. They wouldn't even have to cut stuff together to hear some horrible shit. Fried buttholes and women that are soap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole... Yeah, there's a whole, yeah, there's a whole to do there. Spitual. That's another mm-hmm. one. That was you. Yeah, that was. It was funny. <laughs> At some point, Amy called her husband to ask him to pick her up. But police arrived before he could. <laughs> the police were like, nah, don't worry about it. We got it. We got it. We're on it. Stay home, sir. You're fine. And Amy was taken in without incident. Shortly after the arrest, Amy was quoted by the officers as saying, quote, it didn't happen. There's no way, end quote. When they asked about the death of her colleague, she responded, quote, there's no way. They're still alive, end quote. The gun was found in a bathroom on the second floor. Her husband told authorities that she had borrowed the handgun and that he had taken her to the shooting range the week before the murders. Staff from the biology department on the scene expressed concern to authorities that Amy may have, quote, booby-trapped the science building with a herpes bomb intended to spread the virus. What now? I've never heard those two words together. (laughs) Amy had worked with the virus while completing her postdoctoral studies And one of her unpublished novels was about a virus that was similar to herpes that spreads throughout the world, quote, causing pregnant women to miscarry, end quote. While police assured the staff that the building had already been searched and nothing along those lines had been found. So three staff members were dead. Gopi Podila, the chairman of the biology department, Maria Raglan Davis, a professor of biology, and Adriel Johnson, a biology professor as well. Three more were either seriously or critically injured. Biology professor Luis Rogelio Cruz Vera, biology professor Joseph J. Leahy, and staff assistant Stephanie Modicilio. Modicilio? Modicilio? Sure. Her, the three that were injured, survived. Good. A memorial service for the deceased was held at UA Huntsville on Friday, February 19th, 
and 3,000 people were in attendance. I might not have been paying as much attention as I should have earlier. Were one of those, one of the guys that said she was crazy? I don't know. Oh, okay. Authorities began checking into Amy's past and found that this wasn't her first brush with the law, or even her second. Her first brush with the law was in 1986 when she shot and killed her brother with a pump-action shotgun. Weren't expecting that, were you? No. No, I was thinking of Cindy Lauper. What? 1986, you know. (laughs) On December 6, 1986, when Amy was 21, she allegedly had an argument with her dad and went to her room. The family says that they had bought the shotgun following a break-in earlier in the year and that Amy wanted to learn how to load and unload it. It's not clear if she already had the gun in her room for some reason or retrieved it from somewhere else and then went to her room with it. Or if she planned on this shit and took it earlier and just had it under her mattress. She took her room and a shot went off into the wall. According to the family, she carried it to the kitchen where her 18-year-old brother Seth was to ask him to show her how to unload it. Her mother and Amy said that while Seth was trying to assist her with unloading it, it went off a second time, striking Seth. Amy, still holding the gun, started to run off with it and it went off again into the ceiling. Once outside, Amy ran to a nearby car dealership and pointed the shotgun at them, demanding a car to escape in. I'm curious. So, she popped around off into the wall. Uh-huh. And then came out. Shot her brother. No. I'm saying, like, she came out and she was like, what's this to do about the loading and unloading? Did the brother was like, um, so, the fuck was that that I just fucking heard? It, it's almost like nobody hurting. It's like, like you're boom. Yeah. Hey, bro. Can you check Change this out, please? <laughs> yeah. And the brother's like, yeah, let me see it. I'll help you out. It's, that's weird. So, yeah, she ran to this car dealership, pointed the gun at them, demanded a car to escape in. But the cops quickly arrived and pinned her in. She actually trained the gun at them at one point. That's a no-no. But they were able to get her to put it down and take her in without further incident. Yeah, it's called Taser. She's lucky this was in 1986 because if it was today, she would have been dead in like 2.5 seconds. And you know what? Honestly, I would understand. Yeah. You don't point shotguns at people, let alone the police. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you fuck around and get shot doing that. Like, I'm not a cop, but I do own a gun. And if I had my gun on me and you have a shotgun, first of all, my hand's going to be on the gun. My gun, not yours. Yeah. I kind of want to stay away from yours. But I'm going to be kind of leery. And as soon as that thing swings in my direction, my gun is coming out of the holster. Mm-hmm. That's how that works. Exactly. Man, Cindy Lauper really did a number on us. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, like, if you want to shoot a shotgun, it's good enough for you. It's good enough. Everybody's listening to it right now and they're dancing. They're like, oh, I want to watch Goonies. Me too, guys. Me too. Good. I don't think that's happening at all, but maybe that's just me. There is somebody, one of our listeners out there, when I said Goonies went, oh. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of them did, but it's not that great of a movie, hun. What did you just fucking say? You heard me. What did you just fucking say? Goonies isn't that good of a movie. Fucking. What? Yeah. It's Goonies. Don't no, you don't fucking get to say it doesn't Goonies. Doesn't stand up. You as don't an get adult. to you don't get to fucking say Goonies and make that face. Yeah, I do. Oh my! Yeah, keep doing your paperwork, Billy. Fucking Goonies is you're not paying attention. A treasure. I am paying attention. I'm paying attention to everything you're fucking the saying. Goonies seven ain't shit. Huh? What do you think about that? What the movie seven ain't shit. Oh, that's great. So is the fucking Goonies. Mm. I think you're just crazy. No, fuck you, man. Yep. Next mm-hmm. thing you're going to say is Karate Kid sucked. Duh. Oh, motherfucker, don't. <laughs> just go back to what we're... Just go back. Along with RoboCop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're... I, I, I don't know if you're trying to piss me off. A little bit. <laughs> it's fucking working. <laughs> you live in the past, Billy. I don't live in the past. I just know that Goonies, Karate Kid, Rocky, RoboCop... Are some of the best fucking movies that have ever been made. 
Are they? Aren't they? Let us know, guys. Let us know what you think. Do they hold up you know, the test of time? Regardless of what anybody comments, I won the argument. No, fuck that. Fuck you. Fucker. Fucker. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I don't even know you. Well, Amy told the police that she hadn't realized Seth had been shot. But she did realize she took a car. That she thought she had just shot something in the kitchen and messed up the kitchen. What, what was he in the kitchen? I he mean, was. she's right. She said she thought she had dropped the gun at that time, despite it going off a third time as she fled. And, you know, pointing it at the car dealership members and the police as well. I kind of would have loved to have been that cop. I thought I left it in the kitchen. Right. Do you remember a minute ago when you pointed it at me? Remember <laughs> yeah. that whole to-do? She said that she couldn't remember anything from that point on until she was sitting in the police station. So she didn't remember anything about the car dealership or the police. Wow, cool time to black out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. Both her and her mother insisted it was an accident, and her mother, a member of the town meeting, demanded to speak to police chief John Polio. After meeting with Amy's mom, Polio quickly ordered that Amy be released, and it would be 11 days before authorities sat down with the family for detailed questioning, citing that the family was, quote-unquote, too distraught prior to that. Well, dude did get shot in the kitchen. Well, I've never known of any law enforcement agency waiting for the family members of someone deceased to calm down before questioning them. I don't remember a cool-down time. Yeah. Usually that's when you start you asking. You come in and you ask. Usually that's right when away. you start asking questions. You don't wait 11 days. No, it's when it's fresh in your mind. Yeah. A little odd. Local police declared it an accident, as well as state police, though their records didn't quite match up. Local police failed to mention the fact that Amy fled the scene after the shooting and held car dealership employees at gunpoint in an attempt to steal the car. She could have faced charges of at least assault with a dangerous weapon, carrying a dangerous weapon, and unlawful possession of ammunition, regardless of whether her brother's death was accidental or not. She could have at least faced those charges. Yeah. But prosecutors were never made privy to that information. It's like it was an accident, but everything after the accident was very illegal. Yeah. Even the accident was illegal, but even And the fact that you did that is pretty damning on your case of, oh, it was an accident. Yeah. Yeah, the my bad defense only goes so far. Yeah. And by 1988, two years later, the records about the shooting mysteriously disappeared. Isn't that convenient? So Amy had never gotten charged with any crimes related to the death of her brother. In 1993, both Amy and her husband James were both in investigator spotlights for a different crime. Paul Rosenberg, a Harvard Medical School professor and physician at Children's Hospital Boston, had received a package that contained two pipe bombs. Luckily, they failed to detonate. Rosenberg was Amy's supervisor at a Children's Hospital neurology lab. Amy had reportedly, quote, been in a dispute, end quote, with Rosenberg, and was concerned about receiving a negative evaluation from him, though it's unclear what the alleged dispute was. Amy ended up resigning from her position because Rosenberg felt she, quote, could not meet the standards required for the work, end quote. Witnesses that were interviewed said that Amy was upset and, quote, on the verge of a nervous breakdown, end quote. I saw that breakdown happen a while back. <laughs> Another witness stated that Amy's husband, James, made comments about wanting to, quote-unquote, shoot, stab, or strangle Rosenberg prior to the attempted bombing. James denied ever making those statements, saying, quote, I wouldn't know the guy if he walked into a bar, and allegedly this tip came into a tip line, and the validity of the witness was never ascertained, end quote. At one point during the investigation, the bishops refused to cooperate with authorities, refusing to open their door or allow searches and refusing to take polygraphs. But before this resistance by the bishops, James had told investigators that Amy had been working on a novel based on a, get this, woman who had killed her brother and was trying to make some weird amends by becoming a great scientist. Sounds like an autobiography. Hmm... 
James insisted it wasn't autobiographical. What did I just fucking say? (laughs) Quote, it was just a novel. A medical thriller is the best way to describe it, he said. Investigators focused heavily on the couple, but could never get enough evidence to prosecute. And the case is still unsolved to this day. So are you guys ready for some pancakes? When am I fucking not? Because we're going to IHOP. Yes. In 2002, Amy, and I'm assuming her kids and husband, went into an International House of Pancakes, or IHOP as we call it, in Peabody, Massachusetts. There's a fucking place in Massachusetts called Peabody? Yes. You said that with a straight face? Yeah. But you don't like Goonies. You know, fuck you, man. (laughs) Another patron of the restaurant took the last booster seat for one of her children, and Amy snapped. She briskly walked over to the other woman and demanded the booster seat, ranting and cursing at the woman. I don't know specifically what the woman said, but I hope it would have been something like, fuck no, bitch. However she said it, she told Amy that she wasn't giving up the seat. So, Amy proceeded to punch the woman in the head, while repeatedly yelling, I am Dr. Amy Bishop. That's not a very live, laugh, love of you, Amy. Pro tip. If you want to commit a crime, like assaulting someone in public, shouting who you are over and over as you pummel them is not how you stay anonymous. Unless you're Batman. You can do that if you're Batman. The more you know. For this fuckery, she was charged with assault, battery, and disorderly conduct. She pled guilty and received probation. So, back to the af- So, back to the aftermath of the shooting at UA. Amy was charged with one count of capital murder and three counts of attempted murder. And I'm not sure why it was only one count of capital murder since three people died. I'm assuming they must have just put them all into one charge. The charges were read to Amy at a hearing on February 15th, and she returned to the jail on suicide watch per protocol. Police executed a search warrant on the Bishop's home on March 12th and came across a quote-unquote suspicious device prompting an evacuation of nearby houses in the neighborhood. So, that's actually going back to what you said earlier. That's a big thing at your prison, isn't it? What? Suicide watch. Like, mm-hmm. like, I want, like, I wonder how many of them are legit as opposed to how many of them are guys that want to break or guys that... A lot of guys do it <clears throat> just either to... Make our jobs harder, which I've had them tell me that. I just wanted to fuck up your day. Or they don't want to be where they're at, so they say they're suicidal and do something that's considered self-harm to get out of the cell or the pot or wherever they're at. Yeah. Some of them actually do want to kill themselves. And that's that, that's what's hard is how do, you, how do you pick out, you know? It's kind of like, a, in my opinion, I mean, I don't work at a prison, but it, to me it's a... It's a bad apple situation where you kind of, you're kind of ruining it for people who are suicidal because you snitch on somebody and now you're in fear. So you say you're suicidal, you get put in a cell by yourself or you don't like where you're at. So you get put in a cell by yourself or, you know, the guy next to you, instead of going to the toilet, shit the bed and you're not a fan. So you say you're suicidal and then you get basically a Hilton, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. And then there's not really, the- if you're on suicide watch. They strip you out. You're in a, what's called a suicide kimono. It's basically this big, thick... I wanted you to say straight jacket, and you guys call it a suicide <laughs> no, kimono. It's like an armless thing that wraps around them with, like, Velcro. They don't have underwear. They don't have any of their belongings. It's them in a cell with a mattress in this suicide kimono, is what it's called. That's it. Mm. So they're not getting the Hilton. And then... Well, to you... But in the prison, Mm -hmm. that might be a Hilton. I mean, we had a guy yesterday who was pissed because we put him in a stripped out cell. And it wasn't because he was suicidal, because he was high as a fucking kite. And he was like, why you gotta do this to me? I just smoked a joint. That's protocol. You have to go on a temporary intox hold. We have to take everything from you, put you in that. 24 hours, if you're clean, (laughs) we'll let you go back. He's like, why'd you do this? I just smoked a joint. It's because you smoked the joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you didn't smoke the joint, you wouldn't fucking be in this situation. Yeah, he's like, why did you do this to me? I said, you did this to yourself. Yeah. 
I said, I'm just doing my job. This is the protocol. Simple as that. Yep. You shouldn't have put that shit to your lips, and then you wouldn't be in the situation. That's why I wouldn't be good out of prison, because I'd be like, you know what? I hope that joint was good. I hope you got... And he kept saying, who wouldn't, man? They were like, you smoke a joint? Like what? Who wouldn't, man? Who wouldn't? I've been doing my time. I've been down seven years. i got three more to go. I said, you're not in for life. It's not the end of the world. You get out in three years. Don't fuck it up. There you go. Then you can get to go home. Yeah, it's like, you're fucking it up right now. I said, "Um, so what did you smoke? Was it um, heroin or Suboxone? Because I see in your chart that you've got a history of opioid dependence. Oh man, it was it was just this it was teeny tiny little piece of paper. Oh, I that, said with what on it? That makes it better. It's teeny tiny piece of paper, Erica. Yeah. Why are you fucking doing and this that to him? Teeny tiny piece of paper <laughs> has made you completely restless where you can't sit still and you've got tremors and your pupils are the size of fucking saucers. So what was on that teeny tiny little piece of paper that you smoked? Yeah. Something good. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it. He goes, are you fucking kidding me, man? Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not. No. You did this to you. That's yeah. your own fault. I'm just following protocol. You know what I always go back to is Reservoir Dogs. Remember Mr. Blonde? Mm-hmm. About the alarm? It, you know, about why he went crazy and shot up the place? Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, Reservoir Dogs doesn't end well. And it was like, if she hadn't done what I told her not to do... She'd still be alive. Mm-hmm. I, I look at that every time you talk to me about stuff that happens in prison. I'm like, well, like if he hadn't smoked that, he would be in his cell. Everything would be fine. Well, it's like they complain about prison life. It's like if you hadn't broken the law yeah. and got sent to prison, you wouldn't be dealing with this. Yeah. You wouldn't have to eat prison food. Don't complain about it when it's not enough. Or yeah. It's too cold. If you don't no. like prison food, when you get out, don't break the law. You can have whatever you want to yeah, eat. Yeah, don't kill people. Don't rape people. Don't rape your kids. Don't diddle. Don't don't fucking break the law. Then you won't go to prison. Um, in this house, we call molestation diddling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a diddle. In the prison circuit, we call those guys chomos. I, you told me about that. What does that mean? Child molesters. Oh, chomo. Yeah. Yeah, they're chomos. I always say they're diddlers. We have at our prison about 80% that are child molesters. It's a chomo camp, as they like to call it. (laughs) Police executed a search warrant on the bishop's home on March 12th, came across a quote-unquote suspicious device prompting an evacuation of nearby houses in the neighborhood. I feel like I already said that. The bomb squad was called in and the device was declared safe. You're safe from the herpes bomb. (laughs) Amy's court-appointed attorney, Roy Miller, stated that, quote, Fuck, I am way over my head. This bitch is fucking nuts. (laughs) Quote, she has a loose grip on reality. It gets to be a question in my mind of her mental capacity at the time or her mental state and the time that these acts were committed, end quote. Yeah, what did I say? (laughs) He planned on getting her psychologically tested in the hopes of making an insanity defense. Then on June 16th, out of the blue... Amy gets indicted for the murder of her brother, Seth, back in 1986. Can you do that? Yep. I thought that was double jeopardy. If it's... if it's, She was never tried for it. She was released. It was considered an accident at the time. I thought the ruling is the judgment. Hmm? It was ruled an accident. And they can go back and change that if more evidence comes forth. Like I, thought, I said, none of their information once, connected. I thought once there's a verdict, that's the verdict. There wasn't a verdict. She never went to trial. Oh, okay. The police and the medical examiner said, oh, it was an accident. Yeah, she never went to trial. I wonder if they did this like, oh, and, you know, like, they, somebody came across was like, oh, that her? Did you hear about her brother? You know what? Let's get the, let's get, Trish, bring the file. And then, like, you know, here we are. Yeah, once they started digging into shit, they were like, oh, wait. Once questions started coming up as to why state and local reports didn't coincide, and the prosecutor's office was made aware of the information that was withheld from them in 1986, which was that Amy fled in the incident at the car dealership, they didn't know about all that. Everyone got their ducks in a row and realized that Seth's death could have been murder. He was just trying to show me how the gun works, even though... 
I worked it perfectly against the victim called the wall. So she was now facing the death penalty in Alabama for the campus shooting and life in prison in Massachusetts for shooting her brother. I wonder how that would look to you as a prisoner. Like you're looking at life and you're like, fuck, I'm so fucked. But then like you think of a whole state going, where do we get our fucking hands on you? Where do we get our fucking hands on you? We're going to, this fucking lights out for you. Well, and maybe she was thinking that because two days later on June 18th, Amy attempted suicide in the Huntsville jail by cutting at least one of her wrists, possibly both. She was treated at the hospital and survived and was sent right back to jail, most likely under another suicide watch. They patch you up and send you right fucking back. With fresh stitches, it would seem. Mm Mm-hmm. In 2012, the families of the victims all agreed that they didn't want the death penalty for Amy, citing that another death wouldn't benefit anyone. Okay, here's my question. Now, I understand the victim's point of view. I respect their opinions. But does their opinion count in the court of law? Yes. I mean, wouldn't the judge be like, I respect what you're saying, but according to this charge, this is, it's like one of those things where it's like, you rob a, fuck fuck it, you rob a liquor store. And the person on the liquor store is like, well, you know, it was their first time. But like the judge would be like, what does it matter? This is fucking robbery. And it can go totally like that because there's been many times where prosecutors have accepted a guilty plea and the families are like, you didn't even converse with us about this. Why are you letting them plead guilty? So, yeah, it can. But in the same sense, it's like, I would think if they're a good prosecutor, they would take the victim or the victim's families into account and try and do what they wish. I know, but at the same time, and I, I might sound like an asshole in this, but it's like, okay, like, it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, we don't want the death penalty, this person. Like, okay, duly noted. But we're going to continue business because this is a court of law, of laws that have been written. So thank you for your input. Mm -hmm. But we're going to pursue this because this is the the penalty that comes with this charge if found guilty. You know, like, oh, but please don't. Well, thank you. And we can have a coffee later and talk about it. But until then, we're going to charge this person with capital murder. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah, it um, could totally be like that. Yeah, it was like you know, you know, you, you you could be you could you you could walk out of the courthouse, or you could be mad and walk out of the courthouse. Either fucking way, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Okay, I'm just making. Yeah, it can totally be like that. It just depends on the judge, the prosecutors. Okay. Yeah. So it's an option. I, I thought that was like the you way you take that into consideration. I thought that's like the way it was. Like we don't want this penalty. Like oh well, they said it. I'm like well, no, that kind of undermines the whole law that's written. Yeah, it it just depends on jurisdiction and okay. who is, sure. you know, working that case. Sure, okay. Amy's lawyer offered for Amy to change her plea to guilty if the death penalty was taken off the table. Since the families were in agreement, the plea was accepted and Amy Bishop was sentenced to life without parole in prison on September 24th, 2012. Following her sentence, Norfolk District Attorney Michael Morrissey stated that Amy would not be prosecuted for the death of her brother in Massachusetts. Now that's still, that bothers me. Well, he stated, quote, We will not move to have a return to Massachusetts. The penalty we would seek for a first-degree murder conviction is already in place. With a life without parole sentence in place, there is not an issue of public safety. In almost all cases, Guilty pleas mark the end of the process, and the conviction is not vulnerable to being overturned on appeal, end quote. Now, see, how many people are serving multiple life sentences? Just because you're serving a life sentence and it's guaranteed you're going to die in prison doesn't mean you don't get to answer well, for what you did. They did file what is known as a null prosecute. Hope I'm saying that right which allows prosecutors to revive the charge against Amy in the future, quote, if circumstances change, end quote. Wouldn't the circumstance that changed be you weren't charged with well, this fucking murder? On the rare occasion that she were to win an appeal, they could jump right back in and say, we're going to take you to court. So they have their their bases covered. She's I, right now yeah. spending life without parole in prison. If for some reason that changes... They have the option to take her back to court. 
But it sounds like you're just, not you, but you in generality, sounds like you're just waving your brother as a threat. No, he's still dead. Mm -hmm. You still shot him. His... And you still have to answer for that. Well, the parents still insist that it was an accident to this day. So... I'm just saying. It just but they, they've got the option to bring it back up if something were to change in the future. It just doesn't seem right. It seems like the brother's not getting justice. I understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's like, what's it? Uh, what's good enough for the goose is good enough for the gander type of type of situation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, oh, well, he, she's already serving this sentence. What about the brother? Ah, fuck him, he's dead. No. Yeah, it's fucked up how that happens because they have to think about well, how much is it going to cost the city to run this trial and all that? If they don't have to, they're not going to. I get that. And that's fucked up. I get that. But at the same time, this is what we pay taxes for, mm-hmm. is for proceedings like this. I mean, could you imagine if somebody killed me and then they killed somebody else and they were they, they got life in prison for that? But with me, they're like, no, nah, it's okay. I think they're making okay. certain. She's already getting her punishment. I think their main concern is that person is off the street and away from people where she could do more harm. So at this point, let it rest. If something happens, we can bring them back up. Yeah, it seems like just an ace up the sleeve that should never have been there in the first place. In my opinion. I understand. Doesn't seem right. Since her sentencing, despite pleading guilty, Amy has filed several appeals claiming that she was mentally ill and didn't know what she was doing. Blaming schizophrenia, allergies, and steroids for her actions. What the fuck does allergies have to do with anything? Who fucking knows? <laughs> she also has claimed that her attorneys have been inadequate. They haven't gotten her anywhere, obviously, and she remains imprisoned in Alabama's Julia Tutwiler Prison for Women. And that's the University of Alabama mass shooting. Thanks for listening. We'd like to know what you think about Amy Bishop. Do you think Fuck she... you, Amy. You got off pretty fucking easy for you to have to answer to your fucking brother's death. That is bothering. Do you think she intentionally killed her brother? Do you think that the shooting spree at the university was premeditated? Whether or not she meant to kill her brother, do you think she should answer for it? Mm-hmm. I personally think the fact that she borrowed a gun and practiced shooting the week before the shooting of her co-workers... It's pretty telling. We call Just that. Just my opinion. We call that in the industry a red flag. <laughs> yeah. So let us know what you think on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Martinis and the Macabre. And we also have a fan page on Facebook called Friends Who Like Martinis and the Macabre. You can also follow us on the twits at Martini underscore Macabre. You said twits. Yep. On the twits. Okay. <laughs> Feel free to post and share. That's the easiest way to help us out, just by spreading the word. Suggest our show to any weirdo you know that you think might like us. If you want to go a step further, then please get on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, basically anywhere you can leave a rating or review and sing our praises and give us five stars. I'm really bothered. (laughs) It would be hugely appreciated. We're past that now, hon. We're into the good vibes. It just kind of makes any human being just feel... An, I feel worthless. Like, like I could just fucking die and be used as a bargaining chip. That's fucked up. I agree. This isn't the part of the show where we bring everything down. I'm just writing a letter. That's all I know. <laughs> so if you want to go a step further, then please get on Apple Podcast Stitcher. Basically anywhere you can leave a rating or review and sing our praises and give us five stars. It would be hugely appreciated. Or just tell the guy you work with. And don't forget, if you send us a snapshot of your review, we will send you a sticker. And if you've already left a review but haven't sent us a pic, you can still do that and get a sticker, even if the review is old. And if you give us a million dollars, I will show up at your house. Uh, not not like in a weird way. I'll, I'll call you. <laughs> and if you want to go balls to the wall and financially support the show... You can make a one-time donation in the amount of your choosing via our PayPal link at the bottom of the homepage on our website, martinisandthemacabre.com. Or you can set up a pledge for monthly donations through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash martinisandthemacabre. Even a $1 pledge gets you access to our patron-only audio each month and a shout-out on the show, and for just a few dollars more, you can get some exclusive goodies. Every dollar is hugely appreciated. Thank you you guys so much. And you know what, guys? Whoever wants to donate, 
donate a little more, not because we want money or anything. I mean, you <laughs> will. But <laughs> I haven't made one of those little ribbons in a long time. Yeah. I'm kind of falling out of practice. It's been a while. Yeah. I'm, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I want to use it. And if there's anyone that has not received whatever you are supposed to get for your tier level, please reach out to us and let us know because I feel like we may have missed a couple people because I'm scatterbrained unless I have something written right in front of me to help me remember. Gotta call Erica like, hey, did you check this email? Did you check this? (laughs) And I apologize if I've forgotten. Blame me for that. But thank you to all past patrons and especially our lovely current patrons. Kirsten, Arballer, Yo, Bender, Bonnie, Bridget, Caroline, Chelsea, Christina, Cooper, Donald, Belfast Grace, Heather, Jennifer, Jolene, Kate, Kim, Christy, Kristen, Lady Danger, Marie Maxime, Martha, Molly, Monica, Vanessa, and Veronica. You awesome snuggle bunnies have our undying love. For any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, shoot us an email at martinisinthemacabre at gmail.com or you can use the contact page on the website. Also on the website, you can find a bio about us, a complete episode catalog that you can binge, and all of the music created by Minimus Noah that we use at the end of each episode. And keep listening because there will be a new one at the end of this episode. And I know some of you guys have said before you don't really care for his music. If you only listened when we first started putting him on, his music has changed greatly in the past three years. It's definitely much more ambient and something you probably would like compared to what he used to do. So please wait until the end of the show and listen to it and tell us what you think. And you can also find all of his released music on Spotify and iTunes as well. Please go check it out and give him some love. You can find him at Minimus Noah. That about wraps it up. Once again, thanks for listening. Stay safe, Snuggle Bunnies, and we'll see you in two weeks. I love all of you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
I can multitask. I can multitask. I can multitask. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 